one year ago on Fooditor Radio. A guy named European Paskowitz, right? Right. making French food, gets a Michelin star. At that point, hell might freeze over. Or the yeah. Cubs win the World Series. Yeah. It's a jam-packed week. The Cubs win the World Series in a nail-biter game that was like some screenwriter's idea of a baseball game. I mean, 8-7 to seven with two outs and extra innings? Come on, it has to be believable. Next week, the election no one is excited about. We'll finally move into the litigation phase, probably. And the 2017 Michelin Awards came out for Chicago. Okay, one of those seems a lot less important than the others, I admit. But it also has the advantage of being the only one that hasn't been talked to death already by everybody else. So Fooditor Radio gets it to ourselves. We gathered at Sink Swim in Logan Square to talk about it. We are at Sink Swim, and with us tonight, in the court of Michelin, we have attorney Anthony Todd of Chicagoist. Hi. <laughs> Thank you, Counselor. We have Sarah Freeman of Fooditor, of Munchies, uh, and what else have you written for lately? Uh, recently started writing for Chicago Magazine and Thrillist. Cool. Yeah. And we have Maggie Hennessy, also Chicago Magazine, and... Uh, Thrillist, um, Bon Appetit a little bit, and co-authoring Mitch Einhorn's cookbook from the Twisted Spoke. Which is really interesting, because I don't think I've ever eaten anything but a burger at the Twisted Spoke. What's what's the cookbook going to be? Uh, it was originally going to be about Bloody Marys. The part of the reason I'm a co-author is because I told him that was a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> and when is this coming out? Hopefully next year, early next year. Cool. Yeah. He's doing the recipe stuff. It's out of my hands now. I just need the content. Okay. Yes. All right, so we're here to talk about Michelin, and I have to say, of all the Michelin years, I feel the least annoyed with Michelin, which is <laughs> kind of makes for bad radio, but we're, we're going to go with it. Right. Um, it's also still not saying much. I mean, it's not that you're not annoyed with them. It's that you're the least annoyed with them that you've ever been. Right, and I'm, I'm trying to decide, annoyed. am I just, like, mellowed out about it now, or are they you're less... You're numb. Yeah, I'm just numb <laughs> with the it. The pain or, has hit you so many times. Yeah. <laughs> They've brought their big French frying pans and bumped you over the head so many years in a row. But with, really, with the star, nothing bugged me in the stars nearly as much as the bibs did, but we'll get to no, that exactly. in a bit. Sarah, Sarah made a very expressive face to that. I feel like there's a whole other podcast article, maybe a short book about whether or not stars and awards and any of this arbitrary ranking is valid or worthwhile at all um, and I don't think this list is no different when you get you know chefs striving to appease the invisible gods and their made up rating systems that that doesn't always make for good food but here we are and I think also just which you know we've talked about before this but just the fact that some of them are very new that makes you kind of wonder right yeah, exactly well, particularly they picked a place after only a few weeks in the case of Smith yeah 
but Which, didn't. wasn't that also their excuse for why some place didn't get picked at one point? Yes, it's been the excuse. I don't know. They're still the in, yeah, in like year five of evaluating fat rice to see if it's any good. <laughs> well, no, and, and next apparently just isn't now. They're not evaluating it anymore. It just isn't good. Or they can't get tickets still. So. They still Even can't, though yeah. tickets are easy to get. Yeah, they're the only people left who can't get but tickets. I, I think but. Sarah's point about structure is interesting because the one thing I've always complained about Michelin is it's got this weird like donut hole in the Michelin stars where you can be good enough to get into the exclusive club of stars or you can be decently upper mediocre and fit the ethnic criteria to make it into the bibs if you if they can construct a cheap enough menu for you but if you're just a slightly more expensive than bib really good restaurant what do you best of luck like yeah. there's nothing you can do if you don't rise to the level of one stardom even though i'm not sure still the level of one stardom has any defined criteria yeah. right i don't know if it does it doesn't think seem to there's a with this and a lot of the award systems, you get to the issue of transparency. We don't know what their criteria for one star versus two stars is, aside from the financial difference between a bib and a star, you know, what defines what is good? Are they looking at service? Are they looking at cocktail menus? Like, do they have a They do. Apparently they do. You know, is it public though? Uh, and they, you know, I, they've been, I've read a couple of interviews, um, But I think it's really only public in the sense that you can tell what they like when you yeah. look at the list. Yeah. I mean, Olivia and Grace are at the top. I don't, and I don't think that's something that is necessarily enforced to the letter. You know, like they're, I think it's more of a, well, yeah, we look at service, we look at something that's worth going out of your way for, we look at quality of food consistency, but then if you're only, like, going to Smith once and they've just opened... Right. Well, and I think when you look at the things that happened this year, there was one that really stood out to me, which is that True went up from one star to two. I cannot figure that out for the life of me. And I just was was going to say, who's... I actually like True, but... We've got four food writers here. (laughs) Who's been paying close enough attention to True that you were thinking, I should write about this? They're, like, really on... They're on point right now. No you one, know? no. There's a reason why literally no one, including True's publicist, called it. Like no one called it. No one had an <laughs> idea this was going to happen. Because once again, who? Not who cares? Because that's not fair to the hardworking people at True. But come and on. they have their like, audience. Really? Their audience. I mean, so you know, insane. it's older folks. They go. It's reliable. It's a good show. Nothing is. I mean, I would say things levitate. That's things cool. levitate, sure. but nothing is too out there ever they do what they do they have their audience it's all well and good but there's nobody going around saying wow true is really killing it these days and nobody's talking about no one's writing that article michelin is just well maybe michelin broke the news now we all gotta get in there i know that's true yeah that's the thing it's like it's not necessarily good or bad it's cool that they're not in the same group think as other people but mainly it just shows that their criteria is in a whole different... Well, and we don't know. Going back yeah. to what Sarah said earlier, I think one of the problems with awards... I actually really do like reviews and stars because I like having a, a measurement system, okay. but I only like them when they're backed up with pros, which is why I like and enjoy writing restaurant reviews because then you have a basis for disagreeing or at least you know where the heck they're coming from. Like, I want a thousand words on why True was one star for so many oh, years absolutely. and now it's two years, two stars. I trust that the Michelin Inspector has a reason, 
I just want to know what that reason is, and we're never going to find out because that's well, not the how book, they write. But that's not even how they write the book reviews. They're right. not going to say, "Here's why it went from one to two, and here's what they changed, and here's what we noticed." They're just going to write a review of it as a two-star restaurant. I guess I could go do a red line <laughs> review from last time and see what changed. Did they ever have two stars? Did they go? Get no, they always down? go one they from the beginning. One. one, yeah. Two is the category that seems to be sort of continually well, ballooning. Yeah, and it, you know, I think a lot of people fear it. I, you know, I, I heard Paul Kahn say this once, and another publicist said it too. It's like three means you're great. Two means you cost as much as three, but you're not as good. And that that's, you know, that's not a good position to be in, necessarily. But they also make three feel so very exclusive. There aren't very many, what is it, 25 in the whole country? Yeah, I feel like three like means that. you are a global culinary right. destination. Right. And two maybe means you're a national one. And right. that's not anything to scoff at. No. But I don't think it means you're not as good. I just think it's you're not as prestigious, maybe? I don't know. You don't have as many layers of tablecloths on the table. Right, but they shouldn't be judging that by their own criteria. And I mean, they do, clearly. But, um, you know, if it's if it's just about deliciousness, which it's obviously not, then, I don't know, any, three and two both are kind of all about that tasting menu style. And to me, that's not... It's its own genre, and it's not the only way to eat. And, so what is it about? If we had to sort of, you know, what are, what are, when we look at this list and we're looking at the things that got three stars and places that got two. What's the difference? What's the difference? What, what's what the qualifications? Yeah. Well, I think you have to look at it in terms of the audience. I mean, the audience for this list is... Rich tourists. Rich tourists, international travelers who want to eat at the CNBC, or, you know, the places that you can then brag on Facebook these days that you went to. And... You know, so these they pick the places that most fit that bill, and they're and they're very much about assurance. I mean, I think a lot of it they they pick the place that's more likely to deliver to deliver reliably than the place that's going to have some high and lows and and wow you a couple of times. And that's my that's my issue with. I mean, to me, there's several places on the bibs that I would certainly rank in at least one star things because yeah. I've had yeah. I've had some of the best things I've ever eaten in this city. Yeah. At, you know, at the Bristol or at the Purple Pig or at Fat Rice. And, you know, why that's on the same list and as... And you probably spent more than 40 bucks when you ate those things. Even, well, even uh, at those places, I spent more than 40 bucks. Watch for my article coming next week. Right. Um, well, some some guerrilla marketing right there. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think also, like, we are all, and I think probably all food writers in America, are the wrong audience for three-star restaurants. Like, it's not that we don't enjoy them, we don't appreciate the artistry. My life would be much more enriched if I was one of those collectors who ate at every one-star restaurant in America. Just because, like you said, I think we might get some ups and downs, but we'd be more likely to have memorable meals, or even every bib in America, you know, we'd still miss a lot of stuff. But, like, I have, I mean, I'm not running out to go to anywhere on the two- and three-star list. Like, even if I have a special occasion, or a big work dinner, or a fancy date, it's not that I would never go. I enjoyed our dinner at Oriole, but they're not on my priority list. Or I'm not going to go to them in New York and eat food made by a bunch of guys who were at Alinea a year ago. Right. right. And, and I'll say, it's not money. I mean, I, I spend way too well, much money, money on food. It is money. But I spend way too much money on food. It's just how I want to distribute my money. You know, and I don't think I want to distribute my money in one giant $1,000 explosion when I could eat, even extravagantly, I could eat for two months on that money. All right, well, let's go through 
the new things this year. We've already gone through True Oreo. How do people feel about Oreo? Sarah. Yay. Sarah Yay. smiles. Yay. Yes. That was the one where I actually Everyone applauded when it came out. Was yeah. I think they're just the most like lovable team, and that was really they're so genuine, and they're going about it in a way that feels very honest, and we don't get to see enough of that in big city dining scenes anymore. So not that they're the underdog, because Noah is obviously coming in with a pretty solid pedigree already and Kara is a genius when it comes to front of house and Janie is a brilliant pastry chef and that has worked all over the city but you can tell that they put and again not that other chefs don't do this but I think they went about it in a way that showed the heart and soul of this restaurant and you couldn't help but root for them and it was also when it opened it was delicious and it delivered and it's, on the le- levels that you wanted it to deliver. And it's a refreshing no approach to fine dining with that comfier sort of broken down between back and front of house that we've seen more yeah. and more. And I think you feel part of the experience. 42, one of the reasons why I'm so happy 42 Grams and Oriole are on the list is because it means that at least in the two-star universe, you don't have to be super traditional, gigantic dining room, white tablecloths. Like, it's not to say that Oriole and 42 Grams aren't paragons of service, because they both are in their own way, but they're certainly not in the same universe as Acadia 16 and True in terms of trapping. I mean, 16 is the most trapping-filled restaurant in Chicago. Right. Um, And it's nice at least to know that while clearly Michelin is looking for something in terms of plating, tasting menu price, at least they're flexible enough in the higher stars to not make it mandatory that you have Trump Tower's view to get Michelin. Yeah, I think it shows innovation in a different way. They're innovative in their in their service pattern and that the restaurant felt like you're in your cool friend's apartment and that happens to have, you know, if you're looking for it, you realize that all of the service elements are there, but they're so subtle and done in a way that makes you not feel like you're being doted upon, but just that everything's being taken care of and you're not going to have to worry about anything but having an amazing meal. Here's my question. Someone handed you $1,000 and said, you have to go to a restaurant on the two or three star list. Where are you going to go? And at least for me, it's going to be Oriole or maybe 42 grams if I can well, get Well, and that's it. what I've been saying to people. It's like, if you're going to drop a wad, Oriole is the place to do it right now. It's not necessarily better than this or that, but it's just so sweet and charming. And they're all and best friends. They're How all best friends. And and it's, bowling with them. Gotta go it's before the, the moment. <laughs> you know, it's just the moment to go and enjoy that. And try to become best friends with them during that time that you're dropping the thousand dollars. See if you that's how you do right. it. See if you can get in on that. You realize you've just given away the secret. Mm-hmm. Right. You become you become mm-hmm. their friend, and then they steal your phone and <laughs> and uh, put on Facebook yep. something about poop. Yeah. So you know you made it. Yeah. Then you're in. Um, all right, so moving down to one star, uh, the new things. Yes. Uh, Band of Bohemia. We're going to have a partisan divide at this table about this. Yeah. yeah, I, well, I mean, to be I, fair, I've only been once and it was a long time ago. I, I absolutely should check it out again, but I would not have guessed it at all to be one of Michelin's choices for. You know, for some, for an outfit that prizes consistency, yeah. that is not what my meal was Hon- at all. Honestly, me neither. And I, I actually do like Band of Bohemia a lot. I was really, really surprised just because I like it a lot. I don't know what it has that sets it above the other 
hundred, two hundred really good mid-price restaurants in neighborhoods. Like I don't, I don't know. Level. It was exciting to see it. Yeah. It was thinking like, okay, we're looking at a fine dining or a, a great dining experience in a different realm where like the beer, you know, beer pairings and, and kind of approaching it in a different way. I thought that was kind of exciting to see. No, I agree. I just, I don't, I, I still don't know what makes it better. Like, I yeah. can't answer that question. I know. I don't, um, I can't either. I mean, I can think of three restaurants in Lincoln Square, Ravenswood, that I think mm-hmm. are objectively better restaurants. And Is it just because it's, is it because it's an expensive brew pub that it earned? Like, I could see it being a really it's novel. good It's very beautiful. Bib. It is beautiful. Honoree, but I don't see it as star I don't either. I was just surprised by that. Because it's slightly too pricey to be a bib, that they, it got but bumped no, up. Like, is it really any more pricey than public? I don't know. I don't know. So, no. no. Like, Publican is absolutely, um, like, <laughs> if not more. I you too, can have one dozen oysters right. and a glass of wine. Forget it. <laughs> I also only have eaten there once, and it was right after it opened, but I had a very confusing experience there. It feels like it's a restaurant that's having multiple identity crises on any given night. Like, does it want to be super, you know, well-plated teaser food? Does it want to serve delicious beer? Does it want to be a casual neighborhood spot? Not saying that you can't be everything, but I don't think that a lot of the things they're trying to do necessarily work well under one roof. I wonder if at some point they actually just put a grid down on the city map and say, we actually don't have anything on the northwest side. <laughs> like, right. we've ignored everything Except north of Lincoln. they do, actually. It's not that far from Goosefoot and Elizabeth. True. That's true. But they're, I mean, they're sort of a different kind of thing. I mean, they're, yeah. you know. We, we, well, we did, we did yes. our Logan Square brew pubby place the first time around. We did our south side beer and dishes place with Dusex, and now we need a north side beer and dishes kind place. Of. Right? And, 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 and people seem to be trying to get into out. these brains over and over again. What what was, what was it? How did they get there? Yeah. yeah. Well, it does <laughs> feel like picking another longman to me, picking yeah. Band of Bohemia. Yeah. Feelings on that one too. I think we all have feelings. I think everyone's had feelings on that literally since the moment it was picked. And Dusex. I still don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand. And I, once again, I'm a Dusex partisan. I'm a I am huge Dusex partisan. I don't understand how they have a Michelin star. I don't, I don't understand how you make a list that has them on it and doesn't have the Bristol on it. Or the Publican. No or the, the Publican. At the same level or higher. That yeah. makes higher. no sense. Higher. higher. No question. Literally no question. Because it's the same genre, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Beer and porkiness, and and there are places in the city doing beer and porkiness. Once again, I love Dusex. There are places in the city doing beer and porkiness and seafood better than Dusex, yeah. but none of them are in Pilsen, and Nightwood is closed. So maybe that has something to do with that. Yeah. I don't know. But once again, geographical distribution seems. Nightwood is closed, yet Giant appears nowhere. Nowhere. Giant appears <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, I was going to get into that eventually. I mean, I'm kind of convinced that that's the best restaurant in town right now. Me too. And yeah. I'm a big fan. I feel it's underrecognized for that. Because it's too casual, and we are over recognizing it in Chicago at least. Over oh, in Chicago Mags. Okay, no, I mean all over the city. In the media, no, it's gotten great reviews. It's gotten great reviews, but is anybody like I don't know? My intangible feeling is it's not taken quite as seriously as it should be. Maybe. Um, Is it because it's anti-concept? 
kind of, and, it, and it's. I love it's, that. About me, too, it. me too. Me too. Yeah, and it's loud. Yeah, my concept Michelin is that it's a restaurant. Like, Thank you. What are they gonna put in, when when you have to search the Michelin app? What are they so, gonna put in the category? How do they describe it? You can't, and therefore you can't win. American is that modern American? Contemporary or contemporary modern? Contemporary small plate WTF? Yeah, yeah right. Well, there should just be a WTF category. So I'm, I'm, I agree with you of my missing, uh, missing giant. I think that's really weird, especially because, as you mentioned earlier, we know it can't be timing. Sometimes it could have been timing, but with I'm yes, going to call it Smythe, even though it's wrong, oh, no. with Smythe on this list, <laughs> where I'm going shortly, and then they'll yell at me for calling it that. Clearly, timing is not the problem. All right, well, let's talk about Smith for a minute. Um, to me, I don't know, my, my disagreement is, I mean, I think Smith is going to be a great restaurant eventually. Um, and I'm not convinced it's there yet. It's a little too weird in finding out what it's kind of Marmite and Asian flavors thing is quite about. If I'm gonna open a band or start a band, it's gonna be called Marmite and Asian flavors. Yeah. Um, I love The Loyalist. Though. Me too. The I Loyalist too. was just instantly likable. It was like, Sarah's grimacing. We'll get to we'll get to grimacing in a moment. Um, you know, it's that sort of trotter level purity of strong flavors, and things are like eight dollars there. Yeah. Why isn't um, it getting a bib? So why isn't it bib? Why isn't yeah. it getting one star something? To I mean, me. Well, I know, and it, it is interesting because this was one of the ones that when I was researching this today, Michael Ellis from Michelin, the god of Michelin, whoever, whatever. Uh, did specifically say he was keeping an eye on Karen and John because he had followed them through Virginia. He knew what they were doing at Townhouse and was like, okay, I know something's coming. So, okay, fine. It was already on his radar. But then the loyalist apparently was not, even though, I don't know, would that be too much love if they gave, if they recognized both and they've only been open for a few months? Is it really any different than recognizing two restaurants from one restaurant group, which they no. clearly have no problem doing? Like, because no, somehow Guilt Bar still has a bib and Ochoval has a bib, so you know. I haven't been to Smith yet because me neither. I'm not that cool. Anymore. Yeah, me neither. I'm not that cool. I'm not either. I haven't been either. I'm excited I, to go. Oh, three out of four of us are not that cool. Well, why am I here? <laughs> so really, we're the cool ones. Yeah. Um, I did go to Loyalist with some chef friends and there were some great dishes. I do not think it is the best burger in Chicago and I will say that as many times as I need to. On recording. <laughs> on, on the record. record. Who's saying it is? Everyone. Everyone. Oh. Everyone. Yeah, she's not wrong. Everyone is saying that. I haven't had it yet. I can't come in. I think it's good. I think it's... What do they put bacon in the... It's a lot of bacon. In the, in the patty, right? It's, a lot it's of, good. It's a lot of bacon. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Our service was terrible at Loyalist, and I've heard that multiple times. Oh. Um, it's this kind of strange, again, almost like identity crisis, like, are you a bar, are you an offshoot of a fancy restaurant, like, or maybe that's just because maybe. they haven't seen something like this yet. And yeah, maybe they'll, they're figuring the that out, too. Yeah. Probably. Um, yeah, and maybe that's why it didn't get recognized yet. Maybe they've got some time to figure out what they're doing at Loyalist, and Smith is a bit more... The, that to me is the issue with giving someone 
recognition so early. Why can't we let a place be open a little and figure out what it is, even if it already has a strong concept to begin with? Right? I get yelled at for reviewing a restaurant a month in, and people call me nasty names on the Facebooks. Michelin reviewed it, what, six weeks in? Yeah. Like, I, I now officially cannot be yelled at. No, like, not Michelin, anymore. Michelin not has certified. Michelin yeah. has certified early reviewing at this point. Well, it's just so odd, because, I mean, with things like Fat Rice and obviously the Bristol, too, mm -hmm. They have to think about them for years, but they didn't have to think about right. Smith yeah. for more than 10 minutes. So. I know. It took Norcon three years to get a star. No, literally nothing has changed in that restaurant. And I know because right. I go every six months. Nothing has changed since Michelin came to Chicago, except they decided to expand the number of stars. That's it. That's all that changed. Right. So, I don't know. Anyway. What's All the right, next what else one? is that? Green River. Green River. I've never I eaten have in Green mixed, River. I actually have very strong and mixed feelings about Green River. I really like Green River. I gave it a really super positive review. The cocktail program is amazing. Yeah, Once again, cocktails. I can't quite figure out why it's on this list and 20 other restaurants within eight blocks of it aren't on this list. You know, okay, but if you were um, to take out that, take it, take away the context of it, like it's just standing by itself in a vacuum, as opposed to like, how can we give it to this when there are all this many other places? Well, Would you say Green River in a vacuum is a Michelin star restaurant? Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it. I've had good yeah. food there, but I've never had really great food there. Again, I think it's a problem with this like. <laughs> versus one star difference yeah. is that like no I kind of wish that there wasn't that price cap on the bids and you could put these more like yeah maybe expensive restaurants or bars but it should be more about the experience like Green River feels more like a bib experience yeah that it's not a really good one delicious and the yeah the food menu is amazing I'm really happy that Aaron has found a good home for himself and his cooking. Um, cocktail program is brilliant, if not a little bit like Blanky. maybe overwrought, and I don't want to read a novel every time I try to order a drink. But See, at like the end that. of the day, you get a good cocktail. It just takes a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> why they care even about money honestly no, I mean they can point. factor it into it but no one's looking at them for cheap eats yeah, yeah. Um, and so they should just they're an international guide you've already paid a ton of money to fly you know and most things are expensive but so I don't know I don't know who these bargain hunters are who are gonna have a cocktail an appetizer and the cheapest entree <laughs> and get out of the publican or wherever if they're you can even they're gonna have a frustrating vacation right with lots of friction between and then they get divorced <laughs> and like it's all michelin's fault do you know, know what i think it was if they would really commit and say bib is going to be you can get cheap in beats, and out real cheap beats. yeah a, you know, a full, full meal, legit, with a drink for under 30 bucks or whatever. You but know, they not, really committed. But that's that. not what it is. What it feels no. like is the, we can show we actually know the city list because there's yeah. all these restaurants that we know people in the city like, and we're going to show we have some sense of something, but we can't give them stars because they're not rarefied enough. So it's their street cred section? I kind of think that's what it is. Like, you can't, <laughs> they couldn't have a Michelin guide that literally ignored the public and the Bristol event, like all this, you couldn't yeah. do that because they would have no credibility, yeah. but they don't fit in their category, so they recognize them anyway. So, yeah. whatever, we'll recognize them anyway. Yeah. 
and maybe we should not worry about it so much, but it does, the Just weird category stuff does confuse them. And if you're going to have people that are going to get, because I'm sure there are people that are, are upset if, that they are still a bib or that they're, yeah, you know. seen it as an affront. Still a star. They didn't get a star, but that that is one of my fundamental problems with these lists is that you have people striving for something they don't know what they're striving for. They don't know how to achieve it, so they just maybe they shouldn't strive for this at all. And it's not really relevant to people here. Is the other thing. I mean, I have only ever seen one person clutching this book in their hand in my life. It was during the beards. I was heading to some event, a lunchtime event at some restaurant on Randolph Street. And there was there were two guys crossing the street, and one of them, you could just tell from the redness of the book at 50 paces that he had the Michelin Guide in his hand. He traced from out of town. People and actually carry it? And he was actually carrying it. Wow. It's the only person who's ever read that book. Did you, <laughs> did you ask to take a picture with him? I know. I should have. Um... I guess so, the yeah. last new edition is Royster. Which yeah, Royster. Been to Royster. Oh, yeah. I've been to Royster. Has everyone but me been to Royster? We have been nope. to Royster. Let's go together. Now, I'm going I'm to pose something to you because I've heard one thing about Royster from literally everyone who's been there, which is interesting given Michelin's sort of focus on atmosphere and service, which is that everyone says it is so loud you yes. actually yes. lose your hearing. Yes. Is I've that accurate? That too. Yes. yes. I, and the last time I went, I was downstairs, which was much better for that, although... A pretty charmless room, really. I hope that them getting the star will be enough for them to maybe give up a little bit on them trying to be casual. Because they're not fooling anyone. <laughs> right. And if, if anything, like, I... They have these markers that they have set for themselves because they want to be casual, so they're going to... One of the markers is loud music. One of the markers is we're not going to give you wine glasses. You're going to drink from stemless glasses, no matter how expensive your bottle of wine is. And the other one is you're going to be sitting in the lap of the person next to you. Has um, someone told them that forced casualness is not really casualness? <laughs> it's fine if you are not the guys who own Alinea. Yeah. Like, you guys do fine dining really well so just do that and yeah you don't have to be $300 fine dining it's really nice that you've opened up a concept that more people can afford to eat at but you can still be a nice place that is a little bit more elevated and just a joy and pleasure to eat at without forcing casualness down their throat and it's a casual place with three figure entrees too which to me is just kind of once a again. Who are you kidding? I think right. so. Yeah. Is exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. The um, Ellis, the, the Michelin guy now, Jean Pierre, Jean Ellis, or whatever his name is. Um, I'm just putting French names together randomly. <laughs> I am, yeah. So anyway, Jean Claude Pierre Auguste Van Ellis said that um, uh, what they really liked about Royster was, you know that. It has fire. This is a new thing in Mission Land, apparently. And like literally, it has fire in the sense of fire. Not. Why didn't any of the other and fire themed restaurants in well, Chicago El come to Not only. is way more fire. No. Not only that. We're creating fireness. I've eaten there twice. I'm not sure I ever had anything cooked by the fire. 
have. I've had fried chicken there. I've had crudos. You know that they've invented, well, no. It's a they've this. invented a technique whereby the fried chicken is actually fried on an open flame. Something. Uh, <laughs> I've had, like, the, you know, the... They heat the oil. The crab, over, over an open the crab salad brain. It's been... You didn't notice that there was thing? scorch marks on it? No. <laughs> I don't I don't know what they use it for. Um, and really grilling reviewers who annoy them. That's what they use it for. <laughs> So they're so they're like talking about it as a as this you know as what really won them over to the restaurant. It's so innovative. Also, it is yeah, across the, the street from Lanya Brava. Right. Also across the street from Lanya Brava. Also, Promontory did it a year ago. Also, Royal Society did it a year ago. Also, El Che did it like six months ago. Hardly anybody has a gas hookup in the whole neighborhood at this point. Wait, so do you guys think that? Royster should be on there or no? Yes. Okay. But I do think that, like I said, I, I think they need to stop pretending that yeah. they're a casual restaurant. Do you think so? I'm fine with it being there. I had a terrific first meal there. And then I did the tasting menu thing. And I have to say, I didn't like it nearly as well. And I'm not sure why that was. But just stuff didn't wow me the second time. Everyone says lunch is the time to go. For the $29 chicken sandwich. Doesn't the $29 chicken sandwich come with something, though? Yes, it's a $13 chicken sandwich. You can actually order a la carte. Okay. And, and someone will feed it to you and pet your head and tell you how nice you look. Um, can we stay on that group for a minute? Okay, we'll stay on that group for a minute. how Alinea was closed for half of the year? Yeah, retain their three stars. Yes, and when Evac was, have, like, a when was closed, it was it was they couldn't evaluate it because it had had a fire and it was closed for half of the evaluation period. Even though it was the same before and after, that was enough to stop it. So, the only thing I can figure is that they you just can't do it. Like you just can't take three stars away from you. Like you just exactly, can't. you just you'd be. They would what decommission the. We burn down the building. They don't right, have a building. Go, right. Nope, there's no more mission guys. <laughs> It is a Nick, is Nick a would start selling uh, <laughs> reviews via tickets and <laughs> I do wonder, put them out of business. I do want, not only did they that they were closed for half the year, but when they reopened, they reopened with so many different iterations. Level, right. Right. You, and you so theoretically have to go all the different iterations. Maybe all in one day. <laughs> they actually, they, they had a four o'clock seating, exactly. a seven o'clock seating, and an eleven. They just did it all. I, I'm sure they did not have three separate experiences at Millennium. Which, once again, I, no, for a one-star, I wouldn't even come close to demanding it. Like, do they need to go to L every time they change the menu? No. But for a three-star, you'd think they could, you know, pony up the dough. And that is one of the problems of their lack of transparency, is we really don't know how often we go to these things. And we were joking about this earlier. You look at the bibs, and it's hard to believe you know, oh, I gotta get to cumin again before we um, before this comes out. Better check on it. Check on that. Um, I do too. Cumin's fine, but I mean, but are cumin you know, and fat rice on the same level? No, <laughs> like no. that's what they're telling us. They're telling us that well, cumin and fat what? rice are need, equivalent restaurants. Do they need levels for the bibs? Right, so like, then, no, like, then you, you get, go you down a whole rabbit. No, there's a whole there. lot of things I think on the bibs that should have stars, but that's sort of what I'm. That's there. That there's, there's a few things I think should be elevated off the bibs. All right, well, let's let's go to the next section. If this was video, we would now have a a, a giant graphic that would revolve and make booming noises. Imagine it. Uh, the Court of Michelin. We are now in the Court of Michelin. I asked everybody, I asked everybody to bring to think of something that you would move around on the list and make your case for why it should be higher or lower. Or, 
whatever it is. We kind of talked about this already, but I'm I'm taking off Long Minute Eagle and do sex and moving them down to Bips. Um, I have had not great meals at both those places, and if you're looking at, I guess also Band of Bohemia would fall into that, but if you look at the selection of one-star restaurants, so Sarah things, hates pubs, everybody. Hate Sarah hates pubs. Raymond hates brew pubs. Send it out there. I'm going to make a t-shirt. She is wielding the axe on brew pubs is what Which she's is doing. Which is weird because most of my writing in the past oh few God. months has been like very in-depth. I love I love my, my beer people. You know uh, that. Do you, though? Do you a little too much. Um, Not according yeah. to your review right now. I... I think if you look at the restaurants that are one star, these are your they're your destinations. They're not your like second date spots, you know. So what's a perfect um, one star on that list for you? Uh, I mean one that has a star. One that has a star. What's what's exactly right being on there? Boca. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Hundred percent. Naha. Boca. Naha. Blackbird. Blackbird. I would even move that. Maybe. <laughs> I think Blackbird. Blackbird's really good. It's not um, very solid. CPO, I think it's oh, yeah. obviously because they've had it for seven years. So they yeah, perfect example of a one-star restaurant. Uh, and it's happy with it. Spiaggia, like a lot of places yeah. that are, that feel right. you know, you're not going to go there on a Thursday night and hang out with your friends, but you're going to go there if you want a nice meal and isn't necessarily like your birthday or your 20-year wedding anniversary. Those nice little, like... I don't know, everyday fine dining, I guess, if that's even a thing. Um, a solid experience And me time. stumbling into Longman on a Tuesday night to get, you know, whiskey and steak tartare doesn't seem like a... It seems like a great dining experience, but it doesn't seem like a Michelin star dining experience. So, but this is kind of about what you think Michelin is. So isn't Michelin trying to expand that beyond what they... But not they well. need That's to the overhaul the entire list. You can't kind of sort of pick and choose a couple of restaurants that you're going to use to make yourself cool. Like, I feel like they're trying to kind of be the cool mom. <laughs> Absolutely. And that was so clear from the very first list, where, like, Longman was, like, the one. Now yeah. there's several, but it was, like, the one cool mom entry yeah. was Longman. And then she's stuck around. Yeah, like, I'm hip. Like, I know. I know there's a Logan Square. Like I know there's restaurants out there. I like the hipsters. And I think they've just. Well, I, I agree with you completely in that I think that rather than actually take a stand or overhaul, they've simply just sort of dripped that out. Yeah, a you can't bit. have a token casual, like a token cool spot that you're going to give a Michelin star to because it, it throws screws off, off the your, yeah, throws off your credibility. It makes everyone confused. I'm sure people are upset about it. I'm sure Paul Kahn's upset about it, yeah, well. if he cares. No, here's here's the story. <laughs> I, I just shot Key Ingredient with Ryan Pfeiffer. Here's the story he told me. About 1 o'clock, he called Paul and said, have you heard anything from Michelin? We didn't, you know, he saw panic that he caused him to lose the star. And Paul said, yeah, they called me like four hours ago. We, we still have it. I was like, you didn't want to tell anybody? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. So. Well, maybe not Paul then, but so, I'm sure. So, so you take them numbers. off. I would what, take what them would off. You, um, and can I add something that is not on any list at all? Sure. We'll we, just go ahead we and do that do now. Both. Um, 
I know it's never going to happen because they've clearly proven that they don't understand restaurants like this, but I'm adding intro. I agree. Um, My favorite fine dining restaurant star, in Chicago. Yeah. It's most, just too Even variable. though they had the dorm room chef and I want to go with that, it is, I can, that was the only menu I haven't had there. That's um, the only menu I haven't had there. And I don't, I'm glad I can. I had it. And I've had more, I've had more consistently good yes. meals yes. than I've had at a lot of these restaurants that don't change their chef every And their service months. is perfect. Yeah. And I'll um, give them credit for that. So I don't think that you can dock a concept for that. But I think for them, you know, consistency is such a thing because they want people who are traveling from out of town to always feel but isn't that cons- they... Yeah. That isn't they, consistency they, about reliability? And I think what we're saying is... They just don't trust it. And it's it's the same with Next, why they didn't yeah, want to do... Next isn't consistently reliable. That's right. what people no. say. But I've never... I actually have never had anyone... But I don't think that people felt that about Next in the first couple but of years. But they also have... Since they've changed the way that the restaurant's set up, they do have a consistent menu that is not changing as often. So I don't even know if that argument is water point. anymore. And most of the kitchen staff doesn't rotate. I mean, it's not... It's one, one person chef. that they're bringing in that is doing a separate menu that is their, like, tasting menu and a few it's supplemental add-ons. dishes. Yeah. Everything else is staying the same. I, and I think everything else, if you, even you're just calling the chef and residents and all their dishes icing on the cake it's a pretty damn good cake it's a great space it's a good service situation and I've, once again I've had I've had more consistently outstanding meals there than almost anywhere else well and almost just given the I'm nature at. of the rotating concept I think you're more likely to have an outstanding experience because they're there for a limited time yeah. and, they're and they have something on to their prove exactly and on top right. of their they're trying to yeah. get to the next level they so yeah. you would make them a what, what would you give them one star. Um, yeah. yeah. All right, Anthony, you're up next. Tell us what you would move around. All right. Well, first off, only because I want to break the three-star hegemony of Linnea and Grace, I was—I actually think that Oriole could pull it off. I think that 42 grams could pull it off. And I would like something else, something else to break the three-star from Chicago that I actually like dining at. That's just selfish. Um, I think Oreo will get it next year. I hope so. I really do. I hope they do. I hope they keep that consistency. Though I kind of don't want them to... Because you'll never be able to go back again. Well, mm-hmm. no, it's, I don't want them to become stuffier to get it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. nice about it is this kind of youthful, easygoing aspect of it. And if, they're, if they have everybody marching in perfect synchronization, it's not going to make it a better restaurant. But maybe yeah. that's what made them... Maybe they don't care. Maybe they won't. I know, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, that so was like, that's I don't the hope. When you have chefs that are have in their head that they need to be a certain thing in order to get these stars, it's not always to the benefit of the diner. Yes. Exactly. No. I'm going to second... Or to the concept. No. I'm going to second Sarah. Intro would have been on my list uh, if she hadn't stolen it because it's one of my favorite restaurants to get a one star. I'm also going to stick my neck out and say... Admittedly, I'm addicted to this restaurant, but when you're a food writer and you have to go to every restaurant in town, when you go back someplace every month, that probably means something. I want Cherry Circle Room to be somewhere on this list. I think it's freaking amazing. Their food's amazing. And once again, if Green River makes the list, Mm -hmm. and part of the reason Green River makes the list is because their food is good, but their cocktails are outstanding, I think there's no reason why Cherry Circle isn't in the same category. They also have the atmosphere, they have the service, and they have the hotel. Why are they not a one-star list? Are there a lot of hotel restaurants on here? No, but I mean, there's a traditional... To be against hotel yeah. restaurants. But this is but a different kind of hotel. It is and different. we are in a different era of hotel 
It is, but we're, if we're making the argument that these inspectors or whoever they are are a little stuck in their ways, they have these are their rules. Yeah, yeah. maybe being in a hotel works against them. So yeah, so that would be one of my, my one of my big ads. My other big ad is actually already on here and continues to mystify me. And it goes back to what Sarah was saying. If Longman and Eagle gets a star, if Dusex gets a star, and if Band of Bohemia gets a star, and Publican doesn't get a star, the world is off its axis. Like, that is bonkers. And that, I've never gotten over it. And it's, you know, no, once again, I can understand why sitting on its own, compared to a Michelin list, Publican wouldn't get a star. It's loud, it's rowdy, well, Royster. Its service isn't Michelin quality, okay, well, Longman and Eagle, right? It's... Food isn't super refined. Okay, well, goose eggs. Like it's like it, all the things that I would have thought would knock it off. They clearly don't care that much about. So I just don't get it. I can't. It's the only fine. reason, maybe, because you can't have both Publican and Blackbird at the same level on the same no, list. But you no, have long and I know right. it doesn't no, make any so, sense. Um, I also am magically mystified about why PQM isn't on the bib list. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe because they're not open for dinner, but they kind of sometimes are. But you know, that's another. I'll tell you another one like that. Why is Pleasant House never been oh, on? Right. Never oh, from any anything. bib list. And they're actually a good bib example because you can get out of there. Right, they're, they're, yeah. they're like a perfect bib. That is like What's the that? cellar door provisions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. Um, I, I, that, so you know, just hasn't been open long enough. Yes. Silver <laughs> provisions I find more problematic, but yeah, I mean the things that are good about it are, are very strong. Yeah, but Pleasant House is a Pleasant House is, is, like is perfect, textbook. exactly. Yeah. Also, P.S. And I have to throw this in there because it's my favorite neighborhood restaurant in the world, and it's mystifying to me that it's not gather. Like, yes, because yeah. it's the best <laughs> freaking restaurant ever. I say it every year. I'm going to keep saying it. They're no, the most consistently great. good neighborhood restaurant in Chicago. And I don't get it. Like, and by the way, you can get it now for forty dollars because they have a right. gorgeous thirteen dollar burger, and it doesn't make any sense. Just throwing it out. There. And the fact that Band of Bohemia is our only neighborhood representative that's in that sort of casual category right. confuses me. And by the way, Big Jones should have a band. But that's, oh, yeah, where the heck is Big Jones? Not on the list. So, what are they doing wrong all these years? I don't know. Not caring, perfectly lovely. which is good for and them. That's, that's like, the and they remain awesome. <laughs> and they remain awesome. And anyway. fewer tourist dicks know about it, fine by So me. some of this is the same stuff I've said all the time, but some of it's, some of it's different. Next up, Maggie. So, Who I would, would you move? I would move Lula to one star. Really? Because... That's radical. I don't care. Because it has evolved in just the way like that okay they're wrecking they're they're bumping you know bumping true up or, or i would argue that lula continues to be an important restaurant that's pushing us forward yeah and it doesn't feel like a bib you only you have to order off the cafe menu to get the bib prices anyway so you're not that's really exactly experiencing right. lula as and lula. lula is a it continues to be an important restaurant it's, yeah. a, it's central to logan square and to the city frankly they, they were veg focused before anyone was. They were farm to table before anyone was. I don't, I, I, again, don't, know, this is without knowing what the criteria are, but that is one to me where that feels like a consistent, important, lovely experience that deserves one star. And what would you put on the list that isn't on there at all? I would put Buff House on the yeah. list. Yes, it, absolutely. It, it, Almost at a star. Almost at a star. I would give it a star because. It was so exciting and pleasantly surprising to see them come out and decide to be more fine dining when everyone else was doing the kind of stuff they were doing and opting for more casual. And they were like, fuck it, we're going to be a little fancier. And I thought that was refreshing, especially for their location. And so I love Buff House and I... And my, the other... There are two I would add that have gotten no love. Um, one isn't as, hasn't been around quite as long. I would definitely 
at least give Vera a bib. She's no, so good. A star for sure. But bib a sign if I'm just being if I'm being concealed, you know. I concede fine, I'll be I'll play nice and just Alright, well you just stole my coming in from the Every outside. Year, one, I mean Which it has yeah, it has been every since single year goddamn one. year. But um, yeah, exactly. They have a I vendetta mean, against that restaurant. It's God, it's, a, it's so it absolutely shows the virtues of simplicity yeah. to me. And, and I think you feel comfy in there. Yeah. And I think so that's what Michelin can't handle. I, there there I isn't understand. enough frou frou there for them. All right. Well, so that was my from out of, out of nowhere. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move two up then. Uh, <laughs> from Bib. Yeah, from Bib. One is Br- the Bristol. I mean, you're talking about Lula being an important restaurant. I think the Bristol is an important yeah, restaurant. But they didn't and even have a bib before. They were never even a bib before. Which is, which is totally crazy. And, you know, again, it's like if the criteria is where have I eaten things that were better than, you know, than, that were among the best things I've ever eaten and in the time I've lived here. And once again, if the criteria is Longman Dusex fan of Bohemia. Bristol is the father of them all. Exactly. And, you know, it's, and easily it's like where, as good. It's where the, you know, the whole heavy porkiness kind of menu began. Um, Another band name, Heavy Porkiness. Heavy Porkiness. Um, the other one that I've moved is in a, in a similar porcine theme, uh, Purple Pig. Oh, I love I mean, there's... I and they're in forever. They're doing some great wine, too. It's a great restaurant. You know, it's not even, you know, for all that that's its name. I mean, I go there to eat vegetables and seafood yeah. it's Italian seafood and, and, and simple it's a vegetable relief in that neighborhood yeah. yeah I mean what are you going to go to Bandera so spots that people before the list came out were talking about maybe they'll get a star maybe they won't get a star and maybe this leads into what's going to be on the list next year are where's uh lania brava yeah and yeah. honeys oh honeys and they came out saying we want to be a michelin they restaurant were, yes very clearly never from the beginning well. i know yeah. <laughs> which is a great uh, strategy uh, <laughs> but yeah baylist does not get a lot of michelin love I actually, so, so Vitell so said, and I think he was right, that it's confusing, especially given the way it's developed and continued to improve, that Topo hasn't jumped into two. Um, given that it has that tasting menu, right. high style, and it's become super high concept since they opened. It wasn't originally. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really odd that it doesn't always, ever go anywhere. With Bayless, I always think of when he was on Top Chef Masters and, like, the other chefs would be kind of talking down about him. You know, it's like, oh, he thinks he's going to win this with... You know, with tacos, ha ha. And then they go, you know, do a tasting at the, like the farmers market in in uh, L.A. or something like that. Okay. And ordinary people would be walking up and be like, hmm, interesting. Then they go over to Bayless and be like, oh god, this is so good. Give me more. Homer Simpson. You know? yep. Exactly. And you know, it's like no love for Bayless. It's total yeah. deliciousness. Yeah. And if you He's just good at making good food. Yeah. And if you just can't get that again. It's like, why are you in this business? Yeah, right. And again with the brew pub, like the yeah, I'm the Cruz Blancas. It's amazing. That's the way tacos. Mm-hmm. It feels like that's the way they should taste. Mm-hmm. Why isn't that a bib? I don't. Know. Yeah. They couldn't get in. You know, I'm at. <laughs> yeah, cool. They didn't open early enough. Whole, uh, 
Oh, they're upstairs. No, they ran out of time. They were yeah, I know. sitting outside they of the snow waiting in, for it to open. Oh, they had to do every experience in Olivia. That took like weeks. <laughs> So, no, no, you know, one day. One you know, day. I think you're right. One day. I'm going to throw out one more injustice on the list. Well, someone has to say it. Which is, well, I don't know if this is the one you're I thinking so. of. Um, how could they remove Spockanopoly? Oh, talk why about. Why would they remove Spockanopoly? Why would you Has remove, it changed? What, that's what talk it is. About, where, where talk is about it? a restaurant that has been exactly the same since the day it opened, every day of, it ex, of its existence. Maybe that was the one time they decided, oh, they're still the same, and you know what? They really should have evolved by now. <laughs> <laughs> to even more authentic Neapolitan <laughs> pizza. Yeah, you got to keep evolving all the time. Yeah. I, what's interesting, though, speaking earlier about how this format sort of leaves off certain categories of restaurants entirely. We had this massive like boom. Beef. No, we well that, but also we had this massive boom in the last two years in sort of the upscale, meat-focused restaurant. And this cat, this list can't accommodate them because they're not stars. Like, like you know, a Swift and Sons yeah. or a GT Prime or, or a Maple One Act. Like they're never going to get stars because they're they're steakhouses. But they're not going to be bibs because they're too expensive. And so that sort of that entire two years of Chicago restaurant touring, some people would say for better, is kind of off the list. Why like are there not, no steakhouses on here? Because I just don't think Michelin likes steakhouses. That's for savages from America. I would America. argue that <laughs> America almost falls into that category of like it's a very expensive cocktail bar. Yep. Essentially. Yep. Um, and if you could recognize an expensive cocktail bar as star worthy, why can't you recognize an expensive steakhouse or a regular steakhouse? Because all steakhouses are expensive. Um, and I'm not, you know, I think Buff House would be the one that I would choose. You know, I think, even though it's the indie one, I know, right. but it, you know, it's still it, there's just so or many Bavette. of those or Bavette. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and so many of those restaurants opened. You know, maybe GT Prime will get some love next year because everyone seems to be thinking it's amazing and off the charts. Like maybe it'll get some love. But then again, like GT, do you wonder? Do you, does anyone think GT Fish? They've been on here forever. Should they be moved up? I'm confused by them because I cannot conceive of how you would get out of GT Fish with a full stomach for forty dollars. No, there's that. I love it, but I don't. I think there are probably half the places on the dead list that you can't get out of there. Well, yeah, once again, guerrilla marketing. Uh, I'm going to try to figure that out, but. But, you know, I, I, I don't know if I would give them a star, but once again, it's why this format doesn't quite... Like, I almost want them to just ditch the Bib Gourmand bullshit and just do yeah. honorable mentions. So then they yeah. can include a Momotaro, or they can include oh, yeah, Momotaro. Maple and Ash, or they can oh, include yeah. these places they're that are they? they're too expensive to be a Bib, and they're not good enough to be a star. Like, that's, you I know... I would be I, I, I do, too, Momotaro, actually. Momotaro, I think you can't get out of there. I think they're good enough to be a star, but once again, it's this I weird thing where... <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if the bibs were just honorable mentions, places you yes. should go when you're right. in town? I think, well, so, interesting tangent, and maybe Michelin can take a page out of Zagat's book, because they just threw their whole rating system down the drain last week and debuted an entirely new rating system that I think, I'm assuming that they feel will work better with how dining has evolved. You know, the Zagat system started 30-some, or was created 30-some years ago, and it doesn't apply these days, so they've gone down to, instead of the 30-point system, I think it's a 5-point system with decimal points. Huh. Um, I do enjoy better math. Just interesting. Just It's no, nice is. to see, um, you know, one of the OGs kind of... Yeah recognize that maybe the way we've been doing this forever doesn't work with, you know, the dining scene has changed in the past 30 years, maybe the rating system should change along with it. That's well, such a good of, point, and that makes is partly what makes Bib 
pointless. Totally senseless. Because small plates don't work. Small plates. And just this mass casualization, even places, you know, find that aren't doing it well. I think so. Even places that aren't doing it well are all trying to be more come as you are. And then what are you if you can still drop 150 bucks on dinner, but you can wear jeans and feel okay about yourself? Well, you're a restaurant Michelin doesn't like. That's what you are. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> the French people don't believe in you. Though that's ironic, of course, because oh, they France, doggy bags they love, now. They love well, but they also love casual dining and they love great neighborhood restaurants. Right. And, like this is not something that French people don't understand. Yeah, it's it's just a class thing. That's not what goes in the Michelin guy. Eating bread and cheese on the street, like But not the Michelin guy, right? Whereas we've decided to turn that into hundred dollar dinners and this model just can't seem to accommodate it. Yeah. So Michelin pro or con. Don't answer that. We know we know what we all think. I, you know, I think so, it's, it's a useful another year discussion. Goes, what yeah. should be on the list next year already? I say giant. It won't be. Yes. It might might become a bib. Do you know what Vera is? It's the Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> Michelin. Yeah. It'll get its Oscar, or maybe it won't. Or maybe it won't. As long as they stay full, who cares? Who cares? Right? They don't need it. Does anyone have That's what I want to know. I want to know who cares. This is my question yes. to the audience. Who cares? Sarah Freeman. Do you know how to reach me? Do you know what, though? Part of it, one more tangent, is we have to think about this day and night because we write about it for a living. Some of us successfully for a living, some of us less so. <laughs> for people who have very little time, who are planning a trip somewhere, or who are even just trying to eat in their own hometown, like the, the practical. And there's a bajillion openings every single year. You need some way to organize. You need to it down. But it's yeah. just yes and no, though. Even as if, like, when you travel, are you looking at no. Michelin? No. No, I'm I mean, looking at the beard list. <laughs> I did once yeah. years ago. We went to Florence. And I had the Michelin Guide for Italy. And I had a very overpriced steak dinner. And I had a mediocre Italian dinner. But it was not a steakhouse that you ate at at home? It was Florentine steak, which is apparently okay. (laughs) I had those two things. I felt I paid a lot of money. It wasn't really that good. I don't think I ever had a really good meal in Florence anyway, as opposed to I went to the market and got fantastic things and had a picnic. But in any case, it was just, it completely did not fulfill its mission, which maybe that was its fault, maybe that was Florence's fault, but in any case. No, and that's, like I said, when I, when I travel, my, my go-to is I always pick the James Beard semifinalist who didn't win. That's always my go-to. And the reason is because you'll be able to get in, and it's still pretty great, and it's because Beard doesn't rank the restaurants. You just win or you don't. Yeah. You're either right. worthy or you're not. And I feel like that's a more useful for a tourist in some ways way of doing this because everything from the taco stand to the three-star restaurant could win. Sure. And then you can actually have a list that serves people of multiple income levels. Yay. Yay. Because what about you when you travel? What do you use? My friends. And then <laughs> I sit down. I was in New York last weekend and the best tips I got was when I went and I sat down at the bar and I said, hey, bar where do you eat? Yeah, where, do you yeah. where should I go next? That's what we and did. He sent me to this like amazing, cute little tiki rum bar called Dada and I would not have gone there otherwise and it was one of my favorite spots in my whole wait, trip. So Take t- that, wait, Michelin. Talking to humans? What? No, I, I, don't, I don't do like it a that. lot, but when I do, sometimes great cocktails happen. <laughs> <laughs>
Produced by Michael Gebert for Fooditor Radio. Music by Kevin McLeod. Fooditor.com.